Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome to another additional Believe in Betting. I am Tom Barton here from Sports Garden Network. Go check us out at sportsgarden.com, G-A-R-T-E-N, on all the social media platforms, on the Twitter, on the X, on everywhere. It's hashtag S-G-N. It is week 12 in the NFL. Let me get out to a nice start and say happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Hope you eat lots of Thanksgiving, have tryptophan, and spend time with the family. Go out, play a little play a little football, throw the football around a little bit outside, yeah. We, we could all watch our waistline uh, after uh, Christmas, right? Don't worry about it. But get some exercise in. How about that? And we have a huge slate of games, obviously, for Week 12. We have three games on Thanksgiving. It is my favorite holiday. I say it every year. I absolutely love it. Christmas, you get presents. I don't care. I got a, a day where I can eat as much as I want without being judged. A day where I can watch as much football, and it's expected. Uh, it's the best, the best holiday by far. And I love uh, just being with everybody, and I hope that you guys do too. So we are going to get into it today. We have the traditional Thanksgiving games, another game later on at night, which has now become a staple, and I love it. I love that the NFL has given us a staple night game. Um, Of course, in college football, you still have the Mississippi State Ole Miss uh, over with the Egg Bowl, but I, I, I think that we as a society needed a football game at night. I, I think we needed an NFL game at night. And I, I think they do it really well. They always, you know that the Lions and Cowboys are going to be on, but they always try to give us a pretty good game, and they have given us a good game again this year. So we're going to get into all that. And then on Friday, we have the very first Black Friday game, middle of Friday. Uh, and, you know, it was supposed to be a good game. It was supposed to be a great game. I still think it can be a good game, so we'll get into that. We have games, obviously, all the full slate on Sunday. And then a game on Monday. So this week you got four game, four day games uh, of uh, or three day games and the Monday nighter. Four days of NFL action over the next weekend. This is going to be fantastic. So I am pumped up. Obviously, let's get into the first one. The Lions minus seven and a half over Green Bay. This is the twelve thirty Eastern start. The early game for Thanksgiving. Look, Detroit is suddenly starting making. They're starting to make people that might not believe in Detroit believe in Detroit. I know that about their history, right? We know how the Lions' history is littered with the idea that you just cannot count on the Lions. They haven't won a playoff game uh, pretty much, I mean, once in my generation, right? Once in my lifetime, I should say, not really in this generation. They're not that team, but they don't have to be that team. They just have to go out there and continue to win because they're a different team. Dan Campbell has shown if nothing else, that he is a a good coach. He might not be a great coach yet, but he's still a good coach. Jared Goff has gone out there and showed he can bring a team to the Super Bowl. He's done it before. I don't want to hear this, well, he had weapons, he had McVeigh. Yeah, he he had a lot of things. Well, he's got a lot of those things with the Lions. This game, to me, is going to really be concentrating on the running game. The running game, really, for both teams. The Lions, they once had this great defense early in the season. We thought, at least, that they were. Well, you look at this and you go, Green Bay has started to lead, it started to look better under Jordan Love. They started to put together some decent things. And Detroit just gave up 26 to the Bears team 
they, they, look, Justin Fields hadn't played in a month, right? Now, the Bears are getting better, but no, no, no. They, they allowed them to rush for 183 yards. This was after the Chargers scored 38 the week before that, and two weeks before that, the Ravens put up 38. Suddenly, I'm concerned about the Detroit Lions defense. Green Bay, meanwhile, well, I've been concerned about them all year, and now this is a Lions offense that has the number five rushing attack coming in against the Packers who are allowing 135 yards per game this season. That ranks 28th in the NFL. So the Lions are going to want to keep the ball on the ground. They're going to want to run the ball, but they have the horses to do it in Montgomery specifically. And then over, of course, when you have Gibbs touching the ball, he's explosive for any play. I don't love laying the seven and a half. I think Detroit wins. I, I am starting to buy into Detroit as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I can't believe I said Detroit and Super Bowl in the same sentence, but I am buying into that. I am not, however, necessarily laying the seven and a half uh, on this game. I don't, I don't like either side. I think they win. I think they probably win handedly, and I think they probably cover here. I just don't lo- love it. If anything, I would lean the over. And I do like David Montgomery rushing yards. You could get plus 350 for him to go over 100, but his rushing yards are outstandingly low. Uh, I would take the over attempts, and I would take the over yards for David Montgomery. If you want to go crazy and take the, the alternate line of over 100, yeah, I might take that as well. I think Detroit puts up some points here. But I do think that the ground game is probably the way to go. Let's look at game number two. I don't know if this is going to be that competitive. Dallas is now up to a 12.5-point spread against Washington. And I can't sit here and tell you that I love Dallas minus the 12.5. Washington looked like garbage. I get it, okay? I do. I get it. But it's a divisional game, national TV. I have watched times where Sam Howells look good. And I think Washington's offense can score here. Now, Dallas should have no problem going up and down the field. By the way, the total is 48, 48 and a half, depending on where you're looking. I think Dak Prescott looks absolutely fantastic. Dak Prescott looks almost MVP level like since the bye week. He has been fantastic. Dak Prescott, by the way, is also 5-0 and against the Commanders in his career at home. He's also got 13 touchdowns and zero interceptions. I like Dak to have a huge game. The Cowboys have also won 12 straight home games. Um, and Dak Prescott hasn't lost in a visual game since 2017. Guys, that's 14 straight divisional home games, which is the fourth longest streak in the NFL. Prescott is going to have a good game. Dallas is going to win this, this game. Sam Owl is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. They're going to have problems in this game, but can they cover the 12 and a half? Sam Al's going to throw the ball. Look, you want you want a decent prop bet on this game? How about over 39, 39 and a half attempts for him? He's been well into the 40s. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to throw it early. He's going to throw it often. We've also watched uh, the Giants come back and throw garbage touchdowns. Look, 12 and a half. Could I see this being you know a two-touchdown lead? Or even a, could I see this being a 20-point lead, 19-point lead, 17, something like that, and a late garbage touchdown from Sam Howell, who just continues to throw? Yeah, absolutely I can. Absolutely I can. So, a little concerning there. How about San Francisco, Seattle? That is the night game. The Niners are seven point favorite over Seattle in Seattle. Now, this is all about Geno Smith and his healthy arm. Look, if Geno was healthy, I'd be taking Seattle. Yeah, I would. I'd be all over Seattle. Yeah, but Geno Smith will start, but he's got a right elbow injury. You don't want an elbow injury for your starting quarterback. That's something that you can't have. The Niners, they've won three straight games against the Seahawks. They put up 180 yards rushing per game in those three wins. They are going to run, run, run. If they are to be effective here, you know what what is going to have to happen, right? The Seahawks are going to have to stop the run, and it's McCaffrey. Now, they also have Brock Purdy, okay, which Brock Purdy has been fantastic when given time, and Seahawks, the one 
negative that I keep going out there and talking about is that they don't have a huge pass rush. So, I look, I think the world is going to be on the Niners here. It makes sense to be on the Niners, but it's still in Seattle. It's still Pete Carroll. If Geno Smith maybe isn't as hurt as we think he is, it can be an interesting turn there to take those points. Miami, New York, it's a nine, nine and a half point spread. Black Friday, three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, just when you should be, I don't know, punching a neighbor out to try to steal a TV or whatever in the middle of Kmart. You know, they're trying to steal your your gift. Yeah, uh, stay home. Uh, go go uh, another day and don't worry about the Black Friday deals. And go watch Miami and the Jets. I guess that's what Amazon Prime Video is hoping that you do. Uh, the Jets have a new quarterback. Tim Boyle is their quarterback. Uh, does he make a difference? You know, I, I don't love to harp on Zach Wilson because it's clearly not only Zach Wilson. But there are massive times. You watch Zach Wilson, you just know he's just not designed to be a starting quarterback in the NFL on this team. Now, I do think Tim Boyle will be better for this game. I think he's going to be better for this game because of the idea that he's going to have the ability to kind of know where the checkdowns are. He's not going to force too much. He's going to kind of throw it into the ground. With that being said, the Jets' defense, which has been so good, has to go up against Miami. So if I think Tim Boyle can be okay, and what does okay mean? I don't know, 14 points? Can he, can he put up two touchdowns? Uh, do I think that the Jets can keep Miami to under, we'll say, 24? That's going to be the difference here. We're all going to focus on Tim Boyle, but I think it's the Jets' defense against Miami, and it's the Jets' defense against a Miami team where two has not looked good, did not look good last week. Coming off of the bye week, you'd think that two would have looked great. No, he didn't look good last week. Um, you looked at uh, Jalen Waddle had a couple of huge drops. So it's not as cut and dry as I believe the people are making it out. Look, Dolphins will win the game. I, I don't love laying points in a division game, national TV. I, I tend to almost slant with the Jets here. Ooh, oh, that hurt to say, but I kind of do. Saints, Falcons. This game was a one-point spread. Switch back to pick them. Back to a one-point spread. This is the Sunday game. Both teams are, are sitting here with a chance to win this division. Both quarterback situations, you know, have been questioned, right? I mean, the Saints, Carr to Winston to Carr. We don't know what's going on. And then, you know, you have Ritter over to Taylor Heineke. The, the Atlanta Falcons are going to run the ball. That's what we know, right? Or at least we, we hope. They're going to run the ball. So this is going to really be, can New Orleans and that good defense, I don't want to say great, good, good defense, can they stop the run? We know they can stop the pass because they're not going to be asked to do too much. Atlanta, though, 1-4 and four against the spread at home this year. Okay, but Desmond Ritter doesn't lose home games. You, you, you start to kind of pick and hope for this game, and you start to kind of keep it on your radar and say, well, you know, do I think that the Saints could come up with enough big plays? Do I? The Saints have more weapons. But Atlanta, you know, at home, given the edge, look, why touch this game? I, and I say that all the time for games that, that just don't make sense. Why touch it? Why go anywhere near it? I'm being honest. Why go anywhere near it? You don't want to. Pittsburgh, minus one against the Bengals. Look, the Bengals will be without Joe Burrow, okay? That is a massive, massive blow. Then Jake Browning comes in. We don't know what Cincinnati's going to be. What I will tell you this is that even with Joe Burrow, when he was in there, Joe Mixon wasn't having a huge year. So they're going to have to rely upon the run, a run behind a weak offensive line. Now, Pittsburgh comes in. They still have Kenny Pickett. I get that Pittsburgh, uh, we don't know why they're here. I get it. People don't understand. The, the Steelers stink and this and that, but they're here. Okay, they continue to keep getting wins. The under, by the way, is 8-2 and two for the Steelers this season. In a game where that's exactly what Tomlin wants. He wants the under. He wants low scoring. 
Let's keep this close. That's what Tomlin wants. And if you get a low-scoring, close game, you almost have to take the Steelers. Defy all logic and not understand why, but you almost have to take the Steelers. Jaguars, Texans, Jags are laying one against Houston. This is for first place in the division. Yeah, Houston fans, I said it. This is for first place. Trevor Lawrence looked great last week. And that is the Trevor Lawrence I believe that we were going to have all year long. And we just haven't, right? Now, he is 1-4 in his career against Houston. I understand that. Um, Everyone loves C.J. Stroud. But C.J. Stroud, he's now had two games this year where he's thrown three picks. Now, he should have lost that game last week. He threw three interceptions. He didn't look great. Still got the win, though. Does that say more about his ability to kind of overcome adversity? Or does that say, well, you know what? He had a bad game, and he could against a very good Jacksonville defense. We're going to squarely look at Stroud and Lawrence, but this is the defense. I think that the idea that Jacksonville's defense could carry the day really outweighs everything else. Tampa Bay, Indy. Indy's two-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay, Jonathan Taylor's here. They're off of a bye week. You're going to look at Indy and be looking at them and say, yeah, yeah, the home team, it makes sense at minus the two-and-a-half. I wonder what's going on when they let go of Shaq Leonard in the middle of the Right, they just got rid of him in the middle of the week. That's kind of a head scratcher to me. The the you look at this and you go, okay, what is Tampa Bay? Well, Tampa Bay's been playing well. Baker Mayfield's playing well. They have the number one red zone scoring defense in the league. They are also five and zero against the spread on the road. Tampa Bay starts to become a live dog if you think that maybe there's a little shakeup there. By the way, Gardner Minshew has not looked good for two straight weeks. Patriots, Giants, Pats are minus three against the Giants. Tommy DeVito. Yeah, Tommy DeVito looking great over there in Jersey. He was fantastic, uh, or he was fantastic against the Washington Commanders. A lot of nice throws, though. A lot of nice decisions. This is not the Commanders. This is the Patriots off of a bye week against a rookie quarterback. I don't have to tell you the numbers against a rookie quarterback because they are massively impressive. Now, New England can't seem to score. We know that. They just can't. They can't get out of their own way. But it's still... New England coming off of a bye week. The only worry that I'm not jumping completely head in and going crazy about New England is this. Uh, New England, after playing in Germany, they have scored more than 20 points only once this entire year. Ladies and gentlemen, that is just that is flat out not good. The over-under is the lowest on the board this week. It worries me to lay points with New England, but you can't get me to take Tommy DeVito against Bill Belichick off of a bye week. You just can't get me to do it. Carolina, Tennessee. Tennessee's three and a half point favorites. Uh, Bryce Young, Will Levis, here we go. Look, Tennessee was ugly last week. They really were. They just did not look good at all last week. I'm willing to chalk that up to kind of like a one-week situation. Look, Mike Vrabel, his teams are 3-0 against the spread at home this year. The Panthers are 0-4 against the spread with one tie on the road. You get Bryce Young on the road. Look, I think the Panthers are going to win a game this year, but it's not going to be on the road. Their defense is pretty good. Will Levis, though, he looked good early on. Since then, they've gone 0-3, the Titans, and they put up 36 points in those starts. Maybe Will Levis is not exactly the answer. But Carolina here has a league worst 1-7-2 against the spread. They have not covered in any of their road games, like I said. Uh, Titans offense averages 17 per game. It's just an ugly game. I think New England, I'm sorry, I think, um, ooh, Freudian slipped there. I think Tennessee is a team that wins this game. I think they win the game on the back of Derrick Henry, just running it into the line, being able to do enough against this defense. And, and Bryce Young on the road, not where he's going to crack this off, this offense wide open and start scoring enough points. Hey, 17 might do it, though. Another very low total. Rams, Cardinals. This is basically a pick'em game. 
Kyler Murray has come back. He's looked real good in coming back. Matt Stafford came back. He looked better than a lot of people believe. The Cardinals, at home, even without Kyler Murray, 4-1 and one against the spread at home. I, I don't have faith that Kyler Murray's defense can do anything here, and I'm not having a lot of faith that Matthew Stafford's defense is doing it. So where's the coin flip for me? The coin flip is if Cooper Cup plays, I'm going to go with the Rams. If he doesn't play, I think I have to go with the Cardinals. Now, Kyrie Williams is coming back. That is something to note as well. Browns, Broncos, Broncos with a thrilling, thrilling victory. All of a sudden, this team, oh, wait a minute. Suddenly, Sean Payton knows how to coach. Suddenly, the Broncos can win on the road and at home. Yeah, absolutely. But they're at home here. And you got Browns rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson coming back. Cleveland's defense is really good. Really, really good. But their offense is going to struggle in this spot. We know that. Can they get enough that's all it is. You're not asking for a lot. You're asking, can they get enough offense? And do you believe, if you're going to take them, you believe in that. Can defense win games in this league? Yes, they absolutely can. The Broncos' defense has been much better. But there were times where Dobbs was able to run on them. Can Dorian Thompson-Robinson run on them enough? That kind of confuses them. We watched a little bit with Dobbs. Again, another under, screaming under, and it's the total is under 40 points here as well. Chiefs, Raiders, Chiefs coming off of that Monday night loss where they really should have won. But the Chiefs, they have not scored a point in the last three games in the second half. That is really a concern. They're laying nine on the road against the Raiders, a Raiders team that we all said, all right, you know what, playing two garbage teams, no problem. Well, they gave the Dolphins everything that they could handle. Now, the Chiefs have beaten the Raiders in nine of the last ten games, right? So you have that. They are on a short week, right? So you, you look at that as well. Raiders defense... Against the Dolphins included into this, by the way, they've allowed 12 points per game over the last three games. If the Raiders can play any semblance of defense in this one, this is a big number to cover in a divisional game. Eagles, Bills, speaking of that Monday night game, Bills are getting three points here. Eagles looked really good. Bills looked really, really good. But how much of that was the Bills playing just a terribly weak opponent that changed their quarterback in the middle of that? This is going to have to be the Josh Allen show. And we know that Josh Allen is going to be able to throw all day, but he also throws to the wrong team sometimes. He leads the league in interceptions with 12. He's thrown a interception in seven straight games. That's just outrageous, okay? But the Eagles are surrendering 248 yards per game. That's 28th in the NFL through the air. They are allowing people to throw and throw and throw and throw. At least 250 passing yards in five games this year already. All five games were a, a very close score, right? I mean, that's what we were looking at. Now, Mahomes didn't do anything in the rain. Sure, it's the Bills' defense that does worry me with Milano and White and Jones and Elam, all of them out for this game, and that defense does concern me. I kind of want to take a look at the over here. Baltimore Chargers, Ravens giving three and a half to the Chargers. Life without Mark Andrews for Lamar Jackson, and on the road against the Chargers team, it just didn't show up last week. I, I'm sorry. They just didn't. It, the coaching is pathetic. You can't tell me to, to, that Brandon Staley shouldn't have been fired when I screamed for his head two years ago. I screamed for his head last year when I told you he needed to be fired weeks ago. Here we go again. The Chargers are going to miss the playoffs because their quarterback is really good, but their coach is dreadfully bad. Now you can tell me that they have a lot of talent on defense, and they do. They're at home. Their backs are against the wall. If they want a playoff push, this is their game. But I said that last week, and they still lost. And they still lost to a much worse team than the Baltimore Ravens. The line's three and a half. Maybe it's a funky line. I just, I, I, I know there's no Andrews. I know it's on the road. I get all that. 
I just could never back the Chargers in this spot. Bears, Vikings, Bears getting three and a half against Joshua Dobbs and the Vikings. Look, Justin Fields came back. And Justin Fields, I think he said to himself, you know what? If they're getting rid of me anyway, I'm going to show what I can do. He was back to being the old Justin Fields, running and gunning all over the place. He looked really good. If they open it up like that again, the Bears have a legit shot to win this game, an absolute legit shot to win this game. If they let it go and they they let him just open it up and run all over the place, which absolutely can be done against this. This is a team that you can do it against in this Vikings defense. Vikings defense has been much better. It absolutely has been much better. But can you run on them and cause havoc and cause and create problems? Yeah, you definitely can. And I think that that's what's going to happen here. So that's going to do it for me, guys. Again, happy Thanksgiving. I, on my free play for the week, I'm giving you the Jags and Texans over the 47. Look, I think that Trevor Lawrence has opened it up a little bit. This is what I expected from Trevor Lawrence all year long. I think he opens it up. I think he gets it going a little bit more than what we saw. CJ Stroud is always going to score points. I only need 24 from each team to get a nice, comfortable over. It might be overtime, but I'm going to get it. Enjoy your turkey day out there, everybody with your families. I'm Tom Barton for Sports Garden Network. We'll be back. And bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.